Welcome to the American Truck Driver Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Polk, and you're listening to a special series called Dissecting a Decade, my journey of growth and understanding my value in the trucking industry. The 10 episodes in this series will cover the years 2008 to 2018 and will describe for you the ideas, plans, and decisions I made that led to success, failure, and restoration. 2015 would offer some new challenges for me as a as a driver, uh, as an operator. Um, I had uh, coming out of 2014, I, I had a dedicated customer. I knew what I was going to do every week, and once I got comfortable with that, I found in the extra time that I had, uh, my dedicated run took four days. It left on Tuesday and generally got back Friday, um, and the. Uh, the 2015 market was pretty hot and I started uh, looking around right at the end of 2014 at the idea of trying to do some extra loads so I would look around for maybe something that was uh, preloaded near home uh, or if I could get back in time I would try to load something on Friday that I could go out Sunday and deliver on Monday and then I could find another little load so lots of times I would I would say grab something around home in West Virginia and take it up to Michigan deliver on Monday then find a little short load out of Michigan back into uh, Ohio or um, somewhere like that <clears throat> and um, and kind of supplement the money that I was making with my dedicated run so I started doing that in February and the market in the early part of 2015 was kind of unusually hot and uh, so we uh, we were making some kind of really stupid money um, with the cash flow that we had going into the house and uh, so we had decided to move and, and got moved into a new place and I got overconfident um, I, I remember looking at my wife one time and being like, oh, yeah, well, we, we can spend that money because, you know, I can just go out and run an extra load. Well, we started getting used to that increased cash flow, and then all of a sudden it all just disappeared, just completely dried up in June of 2015. I had a breakdown that was really minor. Uh, it was just a sensor that had gone bad, but it... it it prevented my turbo from working and you know without a turbo diesel engine is not worth much and that happened on a Friday I was trying to book one of my little supplemental loads and I got it loaded um, but you know I, I barely got out of the parking lot so we ended up repowering it I was down that weekend and uh, it was a thousand dollar repair and I didn't have the money I had to go to Landstar um, I had cash flowed all the other stuff that I had done to the truck and, you know, had done some, nothing really major, but, you know, all, all the maintenance up to that point I had just paid for, but I didn't really have any kind of savings plan. And so this one popped up at an inopportune time and, you know, Landstar was, you know, just, you call them, ask them for the money, they give it to you and take it out of your, of your settlement. So, you know, over two or three weeks and you're done, but in June of 2015, I just kind of started getting this sick feeling. I had been running on the ragged edge really since 
uh, you know, the early part of 2013 with, with that Peterbilt and all the problems I was having to run extra hard with extra stress, trying constantly trying to make up for um, the problems with the truck. And unfortunately, I never really calmed down. I never really got a good grasp or control of of operating my truck in a way that uh, was sustainable. I was really, really good at stacking up revenue. Um, I was really good at putting loads together and getting a lot of, you know, big settlements. The problem was we were spending it faster than I could earn it. And um, then I got, you know, a little overconfident and, you know, I'm haunted now by a line uh, that Dave, I've heard Dave Ramsey use often, that you cannot out-earn your stupidity. Well, you know, our, our stupidity, we were, we were digging a hole, um, you know, and it was digging it out the bottom faster than I could fill it in. Uh, but I still had this mentality that, well, it's okay because I can work hard and I'll just do a little extra you know I'll, I'll find a way to maybe sacrifice my time and, and I'll do more and, and everything will be okay and so um, I don't have an exact date but I want to say it was sometime in October I, I, I got a really really high paying load uh, might have been close to November, but it was a, a, it was a hazmat load that paid really, really big money. And um, so I just took that load up to Connecticut, delivered it, and then deadheaded back home to get my dedicated run. And while I was on that load, I was climbing a hill somewhere up uh, in the northeast, close to Connecticut, and my truck made this kind of coughing noise, you know, and it stumbled. And I looked in the mirror, and there was this, you know, really, really big puff of white smoke. And then everything was fine. And it, it ran, you know, it didn't change how it ran. It just that, just that momentary, strange behavior. And then, you know, a really heavy load, like 45,000 pounds. But... I knew something about it wasn't right, but it didn't change the way the truck ran after that. So I'm dead heading home and I stopped in Pennsylvania at a TA and I was doing my pre-trip the next morning and I noticed I was low on coolant and I'm looking around and I can't find any evidence there's you know, all of my clamps were tight, my hoses were intact, but I was down like a gallon of coolant. So I drove back to uh, pick up my load and uh, got it picked up and get back to the next night. And again, I'm down a gallon of coolant, but and I can't find it anywhere. And I, I noticed that the end of the little there's a little like quarter inch rubber line that comes off of the coolant tank near the coolant reservoir cap and I noticed 
that the end of that tube was wet. And I thought, well, how am I going to figure out what, you know, if the coolant's coming out of there? So I, uh, I got a, a, an empty windshield washer jug and I zip tied it to the radiator support and I drilled a hole in the cap and I put that into that little hose down inside that gallon jug and I took off and uh, the next time I stopped there was about a quarter of a gallon of coolant in that jug and I thought oh okay so somehow this coolant is getting out of this system and it's getting into this this bottle and when I went to pick up my backhaul which was heavy my normal load was was light and my backhaul was heavy um, I stopped in Ohio on the way back and I'd almost filled up that jug with that heavy load so I called my friend Dan who's been on the podcast before he's a big diesel gearhead and we're talking about everything that it could be could it be the air compressor you know the air compressors connected to the cooling system could the you know could it be pressurizing the system you know it could be a blown head gasket There's all these problems well <clears throat> you know given that back in june i knew that i had a problem i uh i was really starting to get nervous because you know the idea that you know this truck's got 850,000 miles on it now and the idea of having a motor laying down was more than I could handle. So I started learning how to drive the truck in such a way, even with those heavy loads, that I could minimize the loss down to a half a gallon. You know, if I pressed it to the floor and got full boost from the turbo, I could fill that jug up climbing one hill. So I just started driving the truck really, really easy. Uh, still not knowing where the real problem was. So we get to December, and I've done now about 10,000 miles since that first, that day back in Connecticut where I had that, whatever that event was. And um, my dedicated run is off for Christmas. So I'm gonna, I've got three loads lined up that I'm going to do um, just a couple days before Christmas. I'm going to wrap to Chicago. I'm going to grab a load, bring it back home. So I loaded up and um, I got, I was up on US 35 near Xenia, Ohio. And I had remembered Dan saying one time that if, uh, if you ever saw smoke or steam or whatever come out of the tailpipe, uh, the exhaust pipe, and it fell straight down, then that meant you were burning coolant. And I got to a stoplight the, there on 35, and I noticed that I could see this white, these white clouds, and my truck started running bad. And it was, uh, it was coming down right beside the, the passenger window. And I called Dan, and I said, hey, I think that bad day has come. And he starts asking me questions, and we're trying to ponder and guess and think about what the potential problem might be and the truck's running fine going down the road but at an idle it's starting to kind of cut out and miss and and not not run very smooth so um, I go on up uh, through Dayton 
and I get on I-70 and I start heading west and I'm headed to Chicago and I thought well you know I better I better stop you know that this this could be this could be bad and so I stopped at a um, a little speedway and as soon as I got to an idle the truck started running really really rough and I shut it off and I called the agent and I said hey I, I think I'm blowing up uh, I'm gonna go to the Freightliner dealer but we're gonna need to find a, a repower for this load and I went out and the truck almost wouldn't start and so I got it started and I go over to the Freightliner dealer and I pull in I drop my trailer and I go up to the uh, um, to like the bobtail line and I shut the truck off I walk inside I tell them you know what's going on I get it set up and they go back out to the truck about 10 minutes later to look at it and they turn the key and nothing happens the truck is hydrolocked one one or more of the cylinders is filled with liquid and the truck is completely locked up and um, so it's December 21st you know four days before Christmas and I have no engine and uh, I had a friend that lived in Lancaster Ohio and I called him and I was like can you come and rescue me so he came and got me and took me to his house and my wife came and got me the next day and uh, and I went home and um, you know I'm really 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 freaked out I, I don't know what's going to happen I uh, I'm lost so my wife and I go and we meet with our pastor and uh, and I explained the situation and everything that was going on he, he kind of knew what I was doing for a living and, and knew about the truck and and uh, he said well pretty much prayer is your only option at this point and you're just going to have to pray for some kind of miracle and uh, so we went home and we did that and we discussed what the options were um, you know but at this point we don't know and um, so after a couple of days we uh, we decided to do an online fundraiser kind of like GoFundMe because we've got no money you know, I've got like a couple hundred dollars, and we, you know, we've got rent, we've got a truck payment, we've got utilities. And we're just in a really, really, really awful, awful place. And so, I consulted my pastor. I said, "Hey, do you think this is appropriate to do one of these fundraisers?" And he said, "Yeah, you're, you know, you're in a bind. You're, in a, you're in a tough spot, and you need help." And um, so I wrote us wrote us that we used a website called You Caring instead of GoFundMe. They had they had lesser fees, and uh, so I, I write it up and delete it and write it and delete it four more times. And so finally I wrote it up, showed it to my wife. She approved it. Um, so I posted it, put it on Facebook, turned off my phone and went to bed. And the next morning the response was humbling and overwhelming we had you know i think three thousand dollars like overnight um that people had pledged to that um and uh and that was only the beginning 
there's a lot more to that story and uh, all of those details came just after the first of the year and you'll hear about that on the next episode i hope you've enjoyed this look at the decade that made me be sure to tune in again next week for the next installment of the series if you have any questions you can email me at anamericantruckdriver at gmail.com you can also find me on social media facebook.com slash anamericantruckdriver twitter.com slash chrispolk76 and on instagram at anamericantruckdriver